0: Peace and blessings, this is Muslims for Peace podcast. You have tuned into Muslims for Peace podcast. Please subscribe to our channel. So now the battle starts. Basically when the two sides of the army, they stood, the combat was about to start. Remember we mentioned Khalid ibn al-Walid, he had one flank. Now the one who was carrying the main banner of the Mushrikeen was a man called Talha. Ibn Abi Talha, he came from the tribe of Bani Abd dar He was the commander of the main standard and banner of the Mushrikeen that day. Abu Sufyan wanted to instigate him. After Abu Sufyan mobilized people to fight, he looked at Talha, this pagan carrier of the banner. He told him, oh Bani Abd dar if you're cowards, You guys are chickens give me the banner we'll take care of it. See this was a tactic that Abu Sufyan would use because when you tell a leader of a tribe like that he's going to do his best to prove you that he's a warrior. Evil tactics believe me. So he's like no 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 we'll show you today who's the courageous one and I'll show you how death is going to race to those enemies. Now Talha was a warrior, he was considered Kapshul katiba. basically a man equal to a vanguard of an army. That's how he was described, he was a, he was a warrior. So Talha comes and he challenges the Prophet and he says, Ya Muhammad, bi bi Muhammad, you claim that when your swords kill us we go to hell and when our sword kills you you go to heaven yalla tfaddal send your people let me send them to heaven and you guys send us to hell he was basically you know mocking the prophet sallallahu alaihi the prophet told muslims okay now it's your turn for shahada show your defense of islam which one of you is willing to get up and fight him no one stepped forward except Ali ibn Abi Talib, Imam Ali says, I've got it taken care of. Now remember, we're not necessarily criticizing those Muslims. There were good companions amongst them, but this guy is the fiercest fighter of Quraysh. It requires a lot of courage to go out there and engage in one-to-one combat, especially when you're starting the war, the pressure is just too immense no one could handle that pressure other than ali ibn abi talib alayhis salam so the imam ali salam goes and he reads this beautiful lines of poetry ya Talhu in kunta kama taqulu lakum khuyul wa nana nusul fa athbut ayna almaqtul wa ayna aula bima taqulu faqad ataaka alasad as-sa'ul bisarmin laysa lahu fulul yanṣuru yanṣuruhu alqaḥr wa ar the imam sometimes with his poetry he would automatically demoralize his enemy subhanallah, he would just destroy him through his poetry such that the guy feels the weakness in him. The imam tells him Talha you think you're so strong? You are like a person who represents an entire army? Okay you have the horses but come let me show you what kind of power I have. Let's see who's going to get killed, you or me? The, the roaring lion has come to you, O oh Talha. With a sword, when I unsheathe my sword, it's not going back to its sheath before killing you. <laughs> but in Arabic, the way the Imam says it is just mind boggling. It's amazing. Anyway, Talha said, Man ant, who are you? Who's saying these words? He told him, Anna ibn Abi Talib. قَدْ عَلِمْتَ يا أَنَّهُ لَا يَجْسُرْ عَلَيَّ أَحَدٌ غَيْرُكَ Ali, you? Yes, no one other than you has the audacity to say these words from me. You, okay, you're really a courageous man, but no one else could say the words that you said. Now, interestingly, on a side note, Talha describes Imam Ali using the word قُظم. What does قُظم mean? because it's one of the titles of Imam Ali, they used to refer to him as Qadam, especially his enemies. I know you might find this a little bit strange, I've talked to some scholars who've disputed this, but I don't know, it's in our sources, so I'll just share it with you. Basically qadm in Arabic is when you cut something or you bite something off. There is one hadith attributed to Imam al-Sadiq, Allahu a'lam if it's a sahih hadith or not. Al-Imam al-Sadiq was asked, this guy Talha, the leader of Mushrikeen, why did he call Ali Qudam? What does Qudam mean? Imam al sadiq supposedly in this hadith, he says when the Prophet was in Mecca and the pagans wanted to harass him, one method that they used, they would bring out their kids and they would give them rocks and stones and they would tell their kids, go and stone Muhammad until you kill him. So one day those kids were about to kill the Prophet. I mean, okay, if one stone comes at you, maybe it's not going to kill you. But imagine if you have hundreds of stones and bricks being thrown at you, hurled at you, that could kill you. So the Prophet told Ali, who was only 10 at the time, 10, 11, 12, he told him, oh Ali, protect me from these kids. So the only way for Imam Ali to save the life of the Prophet, he had to chase those kids and scare them. So according to this hadith, Basically, Imam Ali he went after those kids, he grabbed some of them and he pulled their ears off in order to protect the Prophet from being killed. Once the kids saw that, they're like, okay, you know what, forget this. We're not, you know, doing this anymore. And this title was given to him as Qumran, (laughs) the one who would rip apart, you know, I don't know, some parts of their face or ears. Again, scholars have mixed feelings about this. Some of them dispute it, some of them accept it. But those who accept it, they're like, look, these kids instigated by their parents, they were killing the Prophet. There was no other way to scare them off than to attack some of them like that. I mean, yes, maybe they're kids, teenagers, right? The the hadith doesn't say their ages. We could assume maybe they're teenagers, right? Young teenagers. But remember, they're killing the Prophet. They're killing the Prophet. So, how do you stop them? So, the Imam didn't kill them. He just, you know, kind of maybe wounded them so they back off. And further bloodshed is avoided. I don't know. In any case, that's the meaning of Qudam. So, you couldn't Allah protect him like He protected Ibrahim and Ibrahim? Yes, Allah does protect, of course. But remember that Allah also wants things to go naturally. So the Prophet many times he'd be hurt, next week we'll see what they did to the Prophet in Uhud. The Prophet was severely wounded, his forehead was broken, his teeth were broken, he sustained a number of injuries. Allah does protect in the end but it doesn't mean that the Prophet doesn't go through pain, he did go through pain. So you know basically Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to test the Quraysh, he did show them signs but they kept coming up with tactics, and remember, Allah sometimes protects you through a warrior like Ali ibn Abi Talib. He sends Ali to the Prophet to protect him. And he did. The ultimate protector of the Prophet on earth was Imam Ali. That's one means that God will use. Don't think that God does things through angelic ways. No, a lot of times through natural ways. And the way that God protected Prophet Muhammad was through Imam Ali. So I don't know, you may have mixed feelings about this incident. But in any case, if it's a true incident, of course we don't object to the Ahlul Bayt, peace be upon them, we say it was necessary to avoid further bloodshed, you know. Remember, being a teenager doesn't mean that you don't know anything. We're not talking about a three-year-old kid. I mean, even over here uh, in our legal system, we have fines or legal punishment to who? To minors, I mean, if you're 17 and you kill someone, you're off the hook, you're not off the hook. Yes, you don't get the punishment of the older ones, of adults, but you still get punishment. So these, I mean, kids knew, knew better than to stone the Prophet who had non, done nothing to them. And remember, they were about to kill him. So, okay, even if the imam, the imam alayhi salam pushed them away, they kept throwing stones. I mean, he had to defend the Prophet sallallahu alayhi, alayhi So he may have hurt them somehow, but when he did that, they stopped. They're like, okay, you know what? This is not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Allahu ala. In any case, he told Imam Ali that no one other than you has the audacity to confront me, then the battle started, he came Talha like a warrior and he struck Imam Ali but the Imam Ali swiftly using the shield that he had, he was able to absorb the strike of Talha and then once that happened, the Imam struck him on his thigh On two of his thighs, he fell because now he lost basically his legs. So he fell to the ground and the banner of the Mushrikeen fell. Imagine the initial victory here. Imam Ali went to finish finish him off. He took an oath. He told him, oh Ali, the Haqq al-Rahim, we're distant, you know, relatives. All of Quraysh were somehow related to each other. Spare me, don't kill me. The imam left him, which was unusual to do, in those moments you just kill your enemy. So when the imam went back to the Muslims, they told him, why don't you finish him off? This guy is the leader of the mushrikeen. The imam told them, the imam told them, don't worry, the way that I struck him, he's not going to survive, I swear by God, he's dead anyway. So why do I have to go and make a scene and kill him? It was unnecessary. But look at the rahmah of Imam Ali. The man came to fight the Muslims. Remember this is A'hud, they came all the way from Mecca. The imam's defending his territory, his community, his religion, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi and when the guy told him Ali don't finish me off, just leave me, imam said okay i grant you that, it's the rahmah of then once this banner fell, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi you know he said Allahu Akbar and all the muslims say Allahu Akbar, then Abu Sa'd ibn Abi Talha, he took the banner, Imam Ali killed him, then Uthman Ibn Abi Talha, he took the banner, the Imam finished him off. Then Musafi' Ibn Abi Talha, then Al-Harith Ibn Abi Talha, then Abu Uzayz Ibn Uthman, then Abdullah Ibn Abi Jamila, then Urtu'a Ibn Sharhabil. These are warriors from Quraysh. Out of 4,000 people, these were the best warriors. They would carry the banner to go and combat Imam Ali. One by one, he would strike them. Allahu Akbar, what kind of energy Imam Ali Ibn Abi Talib had? Finally, an Ethiopian slave by the name of Soab comes. This Ethiopian slave was so fierce, his image would frighten the Muslims. Basically, when he would get angry in the battlefield, his eyes would become red shot, red bloodshot red, and he would give you such a frightening image that anyone who would come in front of him, they could not fight him. Later on, by the way, when Imam Ali after the Prophet was, was once with the companions and they were discussing who supported Islam, the Imam mentions this incident. The Imam told them, remember Ahud when Sa'ab came and all of you chickened out? All of you here who you claim, you know, you did something for Islam, where were you on that day? Remember when Sa'ab came? and he looked like the devil in the battlefield and he had foam coming from his mouth. Remember that? What happened? Remember how I struck him, I dealt a severe blow and I relieved all of you from a man like Sa'ab? They said, yes, O oh Ali, we admit that you, do, you did that. So basically once Sawab was killed and all those, you know, flag carriers were killed, Initially it was a victory for Muslims, when the pagans saw, wait a minute, Ali by himself, he finished these big warriors, forget it, this is no match for us, they fled the battlefield. The Mushrikeen left the battlefield, they left the booties of war, the spoils of war, their swords, I don't know all the valuables that they had, they all basically left the battlefield and it shows you, you know, that they were really cowards. By the way, one immoral thing the pagan army did, which shows you they had no principles, no morality. Remember how they brought these women with them in the battlefield, Hind and the others? They would go through the, through the lines of the army and they would sing shameful lines of poetry to encourage them to fight. One of the things they would say, Nahnu Banatu Tariq, Nemshi Alan Namarak, we are the daughters of Tariq. Tariq is the high star. They're like we, the girls, the females, the women, we're, we come from a high status. We walk on costly carpets. They're describing their fancy lifestyle. If you sleep with the enemy, <laughs> If you kill the enemy, we'll sleep with you, but if you don't, bye-bye, we're gone and you're not going to sleep with us anymore. They're saying this openly in the battlefield, look how shameful. The pagans had no shame, wallah, they had no shame. They brought these women to mobilize, to sexually arouse those warriors, that if you are going to fight and you defeat them, you know, we're going to serve you later. Shameful, shameful things that happened on the day of Uhud.